you would, uh, take out your listening sheet. Looks like this. We're going to read the text together. And, and you stand, and let's read 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. <clears throat> this, then, is the text for today. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though the outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. And while we look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. May God bless the reading of His Word. And you'll want to go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians 4. That's our text for the week, and, and we'll be working down through that. The referees threw out a lot of yellow flags yesterday. You know, the, uh, when there's a foul in a football game, an official uh, pulls out a yellow flag out of his back pocket or out of his waist, and, and he throws the yellow flag to mark the infraction. Now, we do something similar. Not, not literally, but figuratively, we throw flags all the time. Now, bear with me. Um, we, we don't throw yellow flags at people for messing up, although I'm sure some of us in here would like that ability to be able to pull out a yellow flag and throw it when someone messes up. But what we do is this. Uh, it's that when, when things get tough, when life gets difficult, we reach into our back pocket and we throw a white flag. The white flag, it's always right there. It's always handy to take it out and throw that white flag. See, there are certain moments in life we begin to lose heart. And instead of pushing through, we throw the white flag. We throw in the towel. We, we have surrender. We all know how to lose heart. We've seen it. We, we've lived losing heart. We've been there. Practically, what happens to us in this life is if things get, get bumpy, and when things get bumpy, we focus on the circumstance, and, and we look at the bumps in the road, and instead of even considering a way forward, and we just throw in the white flag. We throw up our hands, and we say, I'm done. See, we have a challenge before us this morning to not give up, to not give in. Paul says it twice here at the beginning and at the end, do not lose heart. Don't give up on this. Don't give up on us. Don't, don't give up on you. Don't give in. So a question before us is where, where does your heart go when you lose ground? Or, or when you realize life is deteriorating before your eyes, where does your heart go? How quick are you to, to wave that white flag and say, I'm done? See, our culture has turned. We, we used to value hard work in our culture. We used to uh, uh, value this pushing through. We, we used to value working through the difficult things that came in this life. We used to value the maturity of doing the things you need to do versus doing the things you want to do. Now it seems to be the opposite. Now it seems as though our culture celebrates doing whatever your heart desires. Our culture tells us and, and teaches us is do what you want to do. And the grand failure in that 
is that no one ever has to teach you to take that white flag and wave it and say, I'm done. See, if we're given permission, we're, we're quick to throw up our hands and to walk away from anything, from anything that may be the least bit complicated, we are ready and willing to give up. We are ready and willing to just wave the white flag and say, I am done. The maturity in pushing through is, is no longer celebrated. You see, our, our nature is to shy away from difficult things. We lose heart at the slightest discomforts. But God has something greater. God has something greater in store for us than just giving in to your urges to give up. God has something more than that. You see, your heart, when it's left unchecked, will give up on most everything. And here is Scripture encouraging us this morning. Don't lose heart. Stay the course. Deny yourself and take up the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, we hear these words that Paul uses in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9. Aaron's already alluded to them. Uh, these four words, you're afflicted, you're perplexed, persecuted, struck down. And, and we have felt those kinds of pains. Granted, we may not have felt them exactly like first century missionaries felt them, but we have felt them. We, we have felt afflicted and perplexed, persecuted and struck down. And God's word is still the same. Don't lose heart. In fact, God has the answer for all of it. If, if we will trust in our God to guide us through, He will. He's there for us. God, God has promised you help in prayer. God has promised you help in temptation. God has promised us all help in loneliness. Whatever crushing burdens press in on us this morning, God says, though it knock you down, it will not knock you out. That, that's in the power of the Holy Spirit. God is at work in this. See, for those that, that come to God and are nurtured by God, there's a fountain of fresh water that gives us what we need to endure. Do not give up. Do not give in. The Holy Spirit is for you and fighting for you this day. Now, I do believe all of that to be true. But that's not exactly where this text is, is it? It's important for us to, to find the original nature of this text. We need to get there. And one of those things is this. See, when, when Paul gives us this remarkable text in 2 Corinthians 4, let, let's read it together. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9. It's one you may have memorized. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. This is not a metaphor for them. This is not a metaphor for the early missionaries in the first century church. This is not a metaphor for Paul. When we read struck down, he means struck down to a point of death where everybody that was standing over him thought he was dead. He was struck down literally, and God in his power and his glory and his grace raised him up out of that death and gave him new life and said, you're made whole and complete. When we read through the book of Acts, Stephen is stoned to death for his faith. Often the church is in hiding in the book of Acts. When, when Paul runs through his bio, uh, bio he tells us that, that he was beaten, he was left for dead, he was placed in prison, he was chased out of town. So when Paul uses these words like struck down and persecuted, he means literally face to face with death, literally face to face with prison. And we still looked up to our God and said, we praise his holy name. I mean, that's who he was. God raised them up out of that pit. And it's, it's in this context that Scripture is urging them and urging us, do not lose heart. 
Whatever circumstance you find yourself in this morning, don't lose heart. God's with you. You know, there were days Paul's flesh wanted to, to reach and just wave that white flag and say, I'm done. But the Holy Spirit came. Holy Spirit came and strengthened his heart. And that brings, brings us to a particular emphasis for today. See, you may have heard, you may have seen the banner in the hallway. Um, churches all over this morning are spending a day in prayer. This is today is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. It's an intentional day to lift them up. And it helps us remember that we live in a blessed nation. That in this nation we have a religious freedom that others don't have. And we have a religious freedom that has opened countless doors to us, to us as individuals and to us as a church. And, and we have to praise God for this religious freedom that we have found in this country. You know, I know you hear a lot of complaining right now about our, our country. Um, there's a lot going on around us. But remember, at our roots is this recognition that religious freedom for all is fundamental to life. And we have it good. Now, that's not true in the rest of the world. In fact, I have a map. I want you to see it. will be on the screen uh, beside us here. You see this map that's in front of us. Right now, what you see on this map, uh, our government has noted um, 28 countries where religious persecution is at its highest, where there is significant uh, impact and, and a lack of religious freedom. The, the countries in red are the worst offenders. The countries uh, in yellow are not quite as bad as, as the ones that are in red. There's, there's 28 here that, that our government has said that they take away religious freedoms. And they persecute the church. In fact, if you look at these, you look at the red ones, the, the tier one countries that are up here, you'll, you'll see names like Burma. We have, we have ministers from our church in Burma this morning working hard. We have a close relationship with those Burmese. You'll see uh, names like China and Russia, world powers that, that are stifling Christianity and stifling religious freedoms. You see in the tier two category below them, Egypt, Turkey. You know, we hear the stories that are coming out of these countries of pain, Christians uh, facing severe threats daily because of their faith, because they come together and they do what we're doing in this place this morning, they face the threat of death and persecution. And so today is one of the days that, that we commit to these brothers and sisters in Christ in those countries, that they are our family, that we're with them and they are with us. They, they are a part of us. They aren't foreigners. They're a part of the kingdom of God. They're not some distant land, but they are with us in this church we are with them as First Baptist San Antonio. And so we're going to lift them up to God and pray they would not lose heart. Pray that the Holy Spirit intervenes and does a good work in them, does a good work where they are and where they're worshiping today. You know, according to the Wilberforce Initiative, there are some 7,000 Christians killed every year in this world for their faith. I hope you, you hear that. That means 20 Christians a day are killed because they're doing what we're doing in this room. Because they say Jesus Christ is Lord. Because they worship. They point to the cross and say Jesus was crucified, buried, and raised again. They face death. They face death for waving the Christian flag instead of that, that white flag. And so we pray. We pray for their protection, for those brothers and sisters in unsafe places this morning. We have that responsibility. Now, I'd be remiss, too, if I failed to mention 
that this weekend, this Sunday, marks the one-year anniversary of the shooting at First Baptist Sutherland Springs. You know, many in our church have assisted through that. The first couple of weeks following that, we, we had eight or ten people there working hard. Since then, the last year, we've had three or four that were there often working with that church and with that city and that community. Some of them are there this morning. And so we're with them. They're our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we mourn with them as they mourn today. And once you hear this, this church served well in that. We did good work. We did our best to, to walk alongside them. And just as important as doing that good work is to pray. Because there's real evil, there's real pain that surrounds us right now. And though we may not feel the terror of government-sanctioned persecution as the early church did, or as those in the Middle East do, we stand with our brothers and sisters in Christ. See, there's nothing more powerful and effective than calling on the name of our Lord God to intervene. And so that's what we do this morning. God, come and intervene. May your spirit be at work in this. So right now, we're going to have a moment of silence. I want you to pray silently. And then I'm going to pray in these ways for the persecuted church, for our government, for our brothers and sisters in Sutherland Springs. They're feeling pain this morning. So let's pray silently for them and then, then I'll pray for us. Lord, we lift up our brothers and sisters in Sutherland Springs. We pray your grace upon them. Lord, as they mourn, we ask that you would comfort them. Our comfort is limited, but yours is eternal. Lord, we pray for our sisters and brothers that are living in fear for their faith this morning. Lord, we pray that they wouldn't lose heart, that your spirit would encourage them stand for truth, to stand for the cross, to stand for Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for, for this country where we celebrate religious freedom for all. Lord, that's, that's a part of our Baptist heritage. It's a part of our heritage as a nation. And Lord, we thank you for that religious freedom. We pray that we wouldn't take it for granted, but that we would use it for your kingdom and use it for good. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. You know, today we have brothers and sisters in Christ escaping out of Boko Haram prisons. There in fear, leaving through windows, carrying their children with them into the forest. You know, and in, in comparison, we, we have little reason to ever consider waving a white flag saying, I'm done, I'm giving up. But, you know, reality isn't that easy. It's, it, that's a lot easier said than done. You know, we're not, we're not talking about the, the people of the church learning how to gut out difficulty better. Because you could hear this morning and think, well, we just need to, we need to gut it out. We need to work harder. But we don't need to learn to overcome through our own mental ability. That's not what we're talking about here either. You're never going to have enough mind over matter power. You'll hear people talk about that, that you just need to, to work and put your mind over the matter. You're, you're never going to have enough of that. It'll get you through certain ways and steps in this life, but it's never going to be enough to get you to where you need to be. 
In fact, I want you to read verse 7 with me. This is 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. So did you hear that? As he's explaining who God is and developing a rich theology of the power of God, it's also a recognition that we are limited. We are broken. We have failed. We are the most unlikely candidates to carry forth this treasure of the kingdom of God, this, this message of Christ, this work of Christ, this power of Christ within us. We, we are not worthy, but God chose us anyway. And God lifted us up anyway. And God said, though you have failed, though you are weak, though you are a cracked vessel, though you are cheap and ordinary, you are valuable to me. And my Christ, the Holy Spirit, is at work within you. You see, that the strength of this life is not found deep down in your own heart. Your own heart has an evil imagination that will deceive you as quick as anyone. What pulls us through, what pulls us through this life is what we get from the power of the gospel and what it points us to. The gospel points us to a Christ crucified and raised again. The Holy Spirit at work in this world today. So that, that's where the real power is, fi- is found. That, that's what we're standing on. Those that are made right with God, they're indwelled with the Holy Spirit. That, that's how we make it through this life. That's where we get through these difficult things of this world. To get through. To get through, to make it through this life to the other side, to make it into eternity, you have to get right with God through repentance. That the Spirit is working on you, drawing these things to mind that you need to repent before God. He's making it clear to you today. He's saying, hand those over to me. Get right with God in that way. And when you do, you trust the Holy Spirit to work in your life to make it whole, to make it clean, to make it pure, and to make you who you need to be. See, there's no other way through. If, if you're not right with God this morning, then it's time to get right with God. However God is nudging your, your spirit, however God is pushing you forward saying, this needs to be repented of. This needs to change in your life this morning. This is a step of obedience you need to take. Whatever that is, it is time to take that step of obedience. In the same way, it's time this morning to bring whatever is afflicting you to the feet of the cross. To bring whatever's afflicting you before our God, whatever's uh, perplexing you and persecuting you, whoever's striking you down, hand that over to God because there's no way through without the work of God in our lives. See, this, this is where we find our heart. Twice in this text, uh, Paul's encouraged, he says, do not lose heart. At the beginning, at the end, don't lose heart in this. And th- the way we find it is in, in our God. Now let's look at in four, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 13 and 14. Let's read that with me. But we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. That no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, you're not going to, to wave the white flag, but that you will speak truth, you will sing praises to God, and that you will wisely move forward. That, that's the call on us this morning. 
to not give up. There's difficult days ahead for you. And God's saying, I'm with you. I'm with you in this. Be, be wise. Sing praises to God in all of it. That whatever you're facing this morning, don't lose heart, but find a place where you can seek and enjoy God. Whatever you're dealing with, wherever you find yourself, go ahead and, and make your way to a place where you can seek and enjoy God. Because we see it and we saw it as we read through Acts, um, even in the darkest prison cells, those early church missionaries were singing hymns from the bottom of their heart. In the deepest, darkest dungeons, they were belting it out because they loved God and knew God was in it. Find you a place where you can enjoy God. And whatever's plaguing you, your life, whatever's plaguing you will be a light and momentary affliction by the work of the Holy Spirit. It, it reshapes it and refocuses it for us. And so we, we need to make sure this morning that as we're here, we're gathered together, that we, we hear the warning and call of this text. That we not leave this morning if, if we're not right with God, but, but we make a commitment. However God is nudging us to be obedient this morning, however God is calling us to repentance, we're going to do that and be obedient in it. Because God's your only way out. These, these other strategies where you do it yourself are only going to get you so far. The only way you get out is by the work of God. Your, your only way to finding your heart to endure, your only way to finding your heart to persevere is in, is in our God, in the person of Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. There, there's no other place to find any refreshment or healing or hope or power this morning. And so I beg you, as Scripture calls you, come to your God Lay those things at the altar and be healed. Let God take them and show you a better way forward. Let's pray together. Lord, we know this is not something that's found within ourselves. We are flawed. We are failed. But Lord, we need you, you your correction, your restoration your steady hand upon our lives to show us the way through, to, to pull us forward. And Lord, as you call, we're going to be obedient. That's what we're going to do right now this morning. We're going to be obedient to you, Father. We're committing to you because you've already committed to us. We praise you for your work. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to work with us. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.